Welcome to Stuff You Missed in History Class, a production of iHeartRadio. Hello and happy Friday. Our first episode this week was about the public universal friend. I said this um, in different words at the top of the episode, but uh, this is not how I would talk about the trans and non-binary people in my life or in more recent history. Generally, though, those folks also would not describe their gender as having been died and reincarnated as uh, a genderless divine spirit. (laughs) Um, I just want to make that clear. Like, if you go and you use that episode as an excuse to disrespect a trans person's name and pronouns, I'm kicking you out of the Stuff You Missed in History Class club. (laughs) I didn't know there was a club. Um, I just you, made it up. I'm making up a club so I can kick you out of it. <laughs> you can excommunicate them, uh, as was so central to so many parts of this story. Yeah, it's it's an interesting thing. I mean, we we talk about this all the time, and you did talk about it at length at the beginning of the episode. You know, we can't always apply modern language to historical people because we don't know right. if that's what they would have chosen for themselves or not. Yeah. Um, And this is a uniquely difficult scenario because it is kind of outside the scope of just about anything that has evolved linguistically. Yeah. Uh, Even if you are up on the very latest evolutions of how language around gender and identity have evolved. Yeah. Yeah. I I am basically taking at face value uh, that, that the friends sincerely held belief was having died and been reborn. And I I am not, for example, like you could speculate that that, that was something that the friend did uh, to like deal with gender dysphoria um, and to like create a situation where they were able to live in a way that accommodated their, their own perceived gender. Mm-hmm. Um, but like that's so speculative. We don't have any writing um, on like the the early years of Jemima Wilkinson and like any of that. Um, also, though, uh, we did not get into it in as much detail in the episode, but a lot of the criticism and the derision that the friend faced is a hundred percent parallel to like the the uh, invasive questions and discrimination that trans and non-binary people face today. In terms of, like, people being so focused on, like, what what underwear does the friend have on? What is underneath these clothes? Is there some weird sex thing happening? Like, uh, you could move the whole story a couple hundred years into the future um, when different language existed uh, to describe things about gender, and that might read very differently. But, like, you can definitely see so many parallels in the friend's story um, and in the stories of, or the lives of uh, trans and non-binary people living today. Also, uh, my spouse grew up in this part of Western New York. And so when we sat down to dinner last night, I said, Patrick, did you learn about the part of, of New York history where there was a dispute between New York and Massachusetts about whether the land was in New York or Massachusetts? And he said, that would have been in fourth grade New York history. And I don't remember anything about it. Um, By comparison, though, 
um, when I was kind of doing the thing that I know you also do sometimes where I kind of just gave him the download of everything we had been, I had been researching in the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I was talking about the friend getting ready to establish the settlement in Western New York. And Patrick was like, when was this? And I was like, right after the Revolutionary War. And he went, oh no, because he immediately knew the history of like the oppression of indigenous peoples and that whole scorched earth military campaign. Like he grew up right down the road from a reservation in New York. And like that, like that was part of his um, day-to-day life experience more so than this whole weird, and I found it incredibly convoluted and confusing border dispute between New York and Massachusetts. Yeah. I also, the other thing in this piece of history that um, I had kind of like my pedestrian reaction was, oh no, was we're going to go found our own communal society. It, yeah. It just, we've done so many episodes about attempts at communal living that always fall apart. And once that property like exploded in value. Yeah. There's, there's no way people weren't going to be like, great, we're rich. Let's get out of here. Yeah. And like with the caveat of like the, the indigenous people already living there. And mm-hmm. like, I, I, I wish the only account I could find where uh, indigenous people specifically referred to who was probably the the friend because they talked about a white woman giving um, a, an address at a at a treaty negotiation. Um, like even that was filtered through white observers, um, and like that particular account did not seem like they were already familiar with the friend. <laughs> like a little unclear, but anyway, like aside from like that aspect of the whole history of this, it does seem like the community was pretty successful in terms of being able to get crops established and get a grist mill and a sawmill and, like, all of this stuff. They seem to have been really productive. Um, And productive and successful financially enough that they were able to keep, uh, like, maintaining the poorest members of the society for the whole rest of their lives. Um, I did note when I went to confirm that the friend's house is still on the uh, National Register of Historic Places... (laughs) Currently, the approval for the house's listing on the National Register of Historic Places notes its local historical significance, but not like a statewide or national historical significance. Um, And I kind of wonder whether like the scope of LGBTQ history and the importance of figures who you could describe as queer in some way in history, like as that becomes increasingly important, Um, whether the perception of the friend's importance will move beyond just local Finger Lakes, New York, uh, into a more national importance. We shall see. That's speculation on my part. Yeah. Our second episode this week was about the 1381 uh, uprising, sometimes called Watt Tyler's Rebellion, sometimes called the Peasants' Revolt. Lots of different names for that one. Um, And I did not pick that... (laughs) In response to anything happening in the world, as I said, it was something that was like written a couple of weeks back in the middle of May. But I can understand if people listen to it and see parallels in terms of the uh, violence and unrest that has been happening in the United States over the last couple of weeks. And since this episode is coming out um, six entire days after I said that, who knows what's going to be happening at that point? Uh, yeah. 
we've been very shruggy and frank about this. Like we don't know. It's hard to to select topics. It's hard to deal with topics we've already selected that we now are producing. It's a weird thing. Um I have a question for you about this. Yes. Did you while working on this episode think a lot about Fight Club or is that just me? I didn't, but now that you mention it, <laughs> cuz Project Mayhem in Fight Club was all about a similar erasure of records. Yeah. And identity related to financial records in the hopes of a significant shift in how society and government and the world works. Yeah. No, I that now that you mention it. Uh yeah, I wonder if Chuck Palahniuk was uh informed by these events as he was writing that. Maybe. You also um you also just asked me if I knew anything about a Star Wars character with a similar name, which has become a theme on the show. <laughs> right. <laughs> the irony being that you're always the one doing it. Like I should be <laughs> the one if we're doing uh shows that connect to Star Wars characters. It would be more likely one would think that it would be me, but no. Um yeah, Watt Tambor is the head of the Techno Union Army. He's not a good guy, so I can't imagine. Uh, I mean, I, I we have talked before about how um, George Lucas really hit big history buff. So there are characters that are actually, yes, for sure named inspired by history. But I don't know if this is a case or not. It's, it may just be a coincidental similarity. Well, and um, one of the things that had been in the outline for the episode that I wound up cutting because it was becoming very long um, was how I I mentioned, we mentioned that um, the interpretation of this rebellion, as is always the case, we, we re-examine and we re-argue history all the time. And so the interpretation of what Tyler has shifted, it's also shifted in uh, literature, especially in England. Um, and so for a time, particularly among the highest class people, in England, like, Watt Tyler was a villain. Leading up to the English Civil Wars, like, one of the precautionary speeches about how things were going was that the long and noble system of English government was going to fall to a Watt Tyler. Um, And then in a totally different shift, during that same era where... uh, where Henry Every was seen as a like a pirate hero because people were just really into pirates and outlaws. Mm-hmm. Like there were a bunch of London theater plays that were written that were about the almost Robin Hood esque figure of Watt Tyler. Um, so yeah, depending on who you're talking to and what their uh, what their position in society is and what century we're talking about, people have had like vastly different. Um, interpretations of Watt Tyler in particular and the also the uprising as a whole. And now all I can think of is Tyler Durden. Yeah, maybe that's why Tyler Durden was named that. <laughs> Peut-être. Um, <laughs> I mean, I suppose somebody could reach out to Chuck Polinick and ask him. Um, it's a really interesting thing, right? We talk about how history gets reinterpreted all the time. And part of it is, we you even put it in the outline that there were... Uh, chroniclers at the time that were all writing about it, but they all bring their own perspective to it and they're so far outside of it that even though that's a primary source, it's a primary source with inherent bias. Right. I think there was only one of those eight chronicles that that seemed to think 
that the rebelling people uh, might have had a point. <laughs> like, well, the, the rest of them were sort of like, this poor rabble, they tore up London. Right. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. And it makes me examine how, I mean, we it gets talked about a lot right now, um, how events are framed by different news outlets, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But even outlets that are, you know, considered to be fairly neutral and unbiased, you still have to recognize that the people ultimately, like, writing the copy unconsciously have their own bias in anything. Right. Uh, it's always, like, a big a big thing that has been on my mind a lot in the last several months before all of this even is how we present ourselves publicly through, like, our personal communications, but also bigger communications and how that is going to be interpreted by future historians. And I, I, I mean, I, I don't wish that I could time travel forward, but I do think it would be interesting to see how all of the things going on today are interpreted in the future. Yeah. And it would be cool to do a side-by-side of something like that and something like Watt Tyler's Rebellion. Right. And compare, like, the primary source chroniclers of both eras. Yeah. But we can't do that, so I'm just talking out my behind. We'll go on a list of our our bad uses for a time machine. Right. Anyway, uh, I think that's, unless you had anything else you want to bring up, I think that's maybe a good place to call it. Uh, No, I'm good. Okay. Uh, If you'd like to write to us about this or any other podcast, we're at historypodcast at iheartradio.com. Uh, we're also all over social media at Miston History. And you can subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, anywhere else you get your podcasts. Stuff You Missed in History Class is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. <laughs> 